0: Welcome to 2020, the era of innovation, the Automation Alliance podcast brought to you by RapidMation. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Automation Alliance podcast. Today's episode is a special one, and I'm very excited to introduce our special guest. Uh, His name is Andrew Coates, or as he's more commonly referred to in the Microsoft circles as Coatesy. Coatesy is an experienced evangelist and a senior software engineer at Microsoft. So, Coatesy, welcome to the Automation Alliance podcast. Thanks, Sean. It's lovely to be here. Excellent. Well, mate, I believe that you've now been at Microsoft for almost 17 years, right? Which is an absolutely incredible achievement. And I think you may be one of the longest serving employees that I personally know at Microsoft. But why don't we start off, give us a whirlwind tour of the various roles that you've had at Microsoft and uh, leading up to today and what's keeping you busy currently.
1: Yeah, thanks. I, I, when, you, when you put it in those terms, it does seem like a long time, 17 years. It's um, yeah, beginning of 2004, I, I kicked off at Microsoft uh, and I reveled in the title of developer evangelist, which was such a fun title to have. Uh, basically, I started off as someone who was talking about .NET, and um, particularly we were talking about .NET 2 in those days and, and all the cool things that .NET could do. Uh, I did a lot of learning and teaching uh, about uh, the, the, sort of, the sort of things that we could do uh, with the platform. And then particularly I got focused on, um, uh, on things like Office and uh, some automation pieces. I was heavily involved in our work around uh, the Open XML standard, which happened in about 2007, uh, and uh, the you know the DOCX formats and the, the PPTX and etc. Uh, and that that was uh, did, did a bunch of work there and kind of fell pretty naturally into um, uh, the Visual Studio tools for Office space, where we were building uh, extensions for Office uh, using um, using .NET, which is which was pretty fun. Uh, a brief stint in um, uh, in uh, uh, development for uh, Windows Phone, uh, it's still in the evangelism space. Lots and lots and lots of neat stuff there. I still regret the fact that I haven't got live tiles on my on my phone <laughs> today. Uh, but uh, I guess that that race has been won uh, and done. Uh, and um, and then across to some Azure pieces before coming back uh, much more into the Office space again with uh, the new Office uh, platform, the uh, uh, web, web platform uh, uh, apps which was also very, very neat, particularly because that gave us the ability to do um, office integration across platforms rather than just on Windows. And particularly when when office was starting to become available on um, iOS and Android and on the web and uh, on Mac OS, as well as on Windows, that really meant that you could write these uh, automation and integration pieces and have them run uh, just there. I think the integration pieces is is really interesting. since then, uh, the particular part of the org that I'm in reorged a little bit and um, focused less on evangelism now and more on engineering and particularly working with our big customers, helping them solve their really tough problems with code. Uh, we're uh, uh, the, the part of organ- the organization I'm in, which is called Commercial Software Engineering now is all about um, uh, working with our strategic customers and their, and their partners. To, to build interesting things and to solve their problems. So um, had a fantastic project with uh, uh, Japan Post a little, uh, a little earlier last year, where we helped them automate the process of um, reading handwritten forms in Japanese. Uh, Japanese handwritten forms are really interesting to read because uh, not only uh, are they using a character set that lots of, um, lots of uh, OCR systems don't know about, they're actually not just using one character set. They're potentially using four on the same form, and sometimes even a couple in the same field. So you'll have katakana, hiragana, and kanji, uh, but you'll also have English characters and and um, uh, the um, the Arabic numbers as well. All could be part of the same form, and so that was quite interesting. And so the the way they mainly do their their data entry for those forms uh, is through uh, uh, people sitting and literally punching the punching the de- details in 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 a big room full of, uh, of data entry operators. Um, what they wanted to do was make that easier to, to, uh, to hire people without having to clear them for, uh, for all the quite sensitive information that was being entered. And so we helped them build a process that, uh, that literally broke the form up uh, into individual fields and just presented fields or even parts of fields for people to do data entry of and then reassemble that information later on, which means they could potentially even um, have outsourced that, or, sorry, even crowdsource that uh, that work, to people who are, you know, do half a dozen fields only on their commute to work on the train you now through a bot. So some really interesting stuff with that. And we helped them architect and, and build all of that. Um, also done some interesting work with um, uh, with some government customers around what they're up to uh, with, uh, with using the cloud to do, uh, yeah, really quite high intense, quite highly intensive um, compute workloads, and in um, in environments that may be classified or even higher, and how to how to integrate the cloud with that 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 particular constraint. So that was really interesting. And then, much more recently, in the last uh, six months or so, I've moved across to uh, concentrate on the power platform, which is, I guess, how we got round to talking today.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, What a, what an amazing journey, right? Just sitting back listening to all the things you've done in the past 17 years. I mean, you've come across some amazing kind of customer stories, work with some amazing technology. And as you say, it's kind of led us to today to talk a bit more about the Microsoft Power Platform, right? So the Microsoft Power Platform is a really exciting place to be. And for those listeners who may not be familiar with the Microsoft Power Platform, why don't you start by telling us a bit more about what it is and the various components that there are of the Power Platform?
1: Sure. Yeah, great. Um. The Power Platform basically is made up of four major components, um, which we talk about. We talk about Power Apps, we talk about Power BI, Power Automate and Power Virtual Agents. Um, and the neat thing about it is that it's, although those particular pieces kind of uh, are built to, to, to work together, that really their power comes from the fact they integrate with a, a myriad of other things as well. So um, uh, Microsoft 365 and Dynamics 365 and Azure are, the, are sort of the, the big three clouds that we talk about and the power platform sits on top of and integrates with those really, really nicely. Um, let's talk a bit about power apps to start off with. Uh, the idea is that um, you can, uh, for, for people with, uh, w- with a background in the business rather than in development, can take the, um, uh, this, this app building platform and produce something that, uh, that connects to uh, enterprise data in a way that's both safe and efficient, uh, and um, and apply their, I guess their their business knowledge, the things that they really that they really know about, uh, to uh, to the, to the the data that they, the the um, organisation has, uh, without having to have a whole lot of developer knowledge. Uh, and so we we talk about the concept of makers as opposed to um, builders, uh, and 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 makers are. Uh, What we also sometimes refer to as citizen developers the sort of people who are um who are not trained as developers but who have a a great background in their in their business and their understanding of the business and so they know exactly the sort of the problems they want to solve and they're able to do that with the power apps platform um power bi is is one where um uh, many people will have seen some of the fantastic visualizations and reports that you can get out of the various microsoft tools and power bi uh, is one of those tools that allows you to take data from a number of different places, um, uh, you know, every, everywhere from your um, your relational databases through to uh, through to NoSQL and a bunch of other places, uh, and pull it together in a in a way that makes uh, the data actually turn the data into information and from the information into insights. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a really it's a really key thing. And it, and again, it it allows the people who are closest to the under to the problem to actually answer the problem themselves rather than having to try and explain the problem to someone who's not an expert in their domain. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two of course, are Power Automate, and Power Virtual Agents. And I think we're gonna spend a bit of time on, on Power Automate. So we'll, I'll, I'll skip over that for a sec and we will just quickly talk about Virtual Agents. And this is the, the idea where we can build interactive bots um, that allow uh, um, an understanding of, of natural language and a, and a response uh, based on the um, based on the questions and uh, and, and uh, requests that are made to that bot, uh, and they can call into a number of these uh, uh, again a number of th- these other platforms. And for example, Power Virtual Agents can call into a um, a Power Automate uh, flow that will go and answer a particular question uh, and potentially bring back a Power BI re- report. Um, uh, as part of that, uh, as part of the response, or a link to a Power BI report that's been filtered or, or 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 formatted in a particular way. So that's really fascinating stuff. And I think the Power Platform, to me, is um, the the next step in that whole concept that we that we strive for as developers and IT people, where we don't have individual pieces, but we have an integrated whole. And that's that's I think the 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 really interesting piece to me that we've got this idea that um, that we have this corpus of data and technology, uh, but we need to be able to bring it together in a way that makes sense holistically. And that's what the Power Platform helps us do.
0: Yeah, brilliant, right? And, and what I love to say about that, it's powerful alone. So each of those components are powerful alone, but they're even better together when you start to weave together one or more of them to solve an end-to-end business problem. Um, and some of the things we do at RapidMation, right? We specialize in four areas, one of those being digital process automation, one robotic process automation, another one being artificial intelligence, and finally chatbots. And one of the reasons we absolutely love the Power Platform is because you get all of those capabilities all wrapped up in one platform. And that means you can cover off all the bases with things like Power Apps, Power Automate, and then Power Virtual Agents. Let's go back for a moment, back to Power Automate, right? So some of the listeners may recall something called Microsoft Flow, which has recently been renamed to Microsoft Power Automate. And this is really the workflow automation tool that sits at the heart of the Power Platform. So talk to us a bit about the Power Automate platform, what that actually allows you to do as an end user.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, the, I think there's a couple of concepts that are worth thinking about first. Uh, automation ca- happens in, I guess, in a couple of different formats. Um, and although they're linked, they're, they're probably distinct in terms of the way that you would uh, think about them. The first one is the idea of uh, automating uh, things through an API and, and working through a, a set of, um, uh, I guess, a, a bit like you would with any other programming tool, a set, a set of conditions and mm-hmm. loops and, and logic and so on that you, you would work through. Uh, to get a result so that's the first one um, and then there's the concept of ui automation where um, there are plenty of situations where you still need to interact with a, an existing system uh, by uh, you know, essentially opening an application and um, uh, reading and writing data directly to and from fields in an application uh, taking actions based on the the responses of that application and so on and that you, we call that ui automation and i think that's really interesting uh and um and uh although um, it's it's a bit more esoteric in some ways than the the concepts of of API automation, which is much more, to me at least as a developer, much more intuitive. It's a fascinating and useful tool that that, that we see working. Um, One of the things about um, Power Automate um, and uh, and particularly in API automation is the idea of connectors. So um, I talked a bit about the idea that, you know, it can do pretty much anything that you could do in a programming language. Um, and that, of course, includes calling out to other APIs and other and other um, and other tools and and and, uh, and platforms to get information or to post information or to you know, whatever you need to do. Um, so, for example, uh, inside a Power Automate flow, you can um, you you can call the Microsoft Graph, uh, and you can use the identity of the um, of the user who's currently logged in, for example, to go and find out all of the people who are interacting with that other that person. And, uh, and, and the sort of um, sort of uh, documents they're collaborating on or the time they're spending on online with chats and those sorts of things. You can call into um, uh, Excel automation services through the graph and uh, update spreadsheets uh, automatically. You can uh, call out to one of, I think it's up to 300 or maybe more than that uh, connectors for third-party applications and uh, you know, talk to things like Salesforce or, or a number of other, a number of other third-party applications and tools. Fascinating stuff, and it makes it really, really simple for people to assemble these blocks, these, these um, the, the, uh, well, well, what I think Scott Hanselman refers to as the Lego blocks, um, and uh, and pull these things together. And, and of course, the connectors have these concepts of input and output parameters, and the ability to um, to pass information between them. And so, the connectors between your Power Automate and the various other platforms are really, really powerful. And in fact, one of the interesting things we're doing at the moment is. Um, is working with, uh, with with our customers and partners to help them build their own custom connectors for their own line of business tools or their own backend applications to make it really simple for their um, uh, their develop sorry their 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 makers their, their citizen developers to connect to their backends and so I think that's really fascinating yeah so that's the API piece and then there's the UI flows which um, I think are really interesting as well and and this is um, uh, this is a there's a a few ways of doing these UI flows automation. Um, We've had some some tools around for a little while, but the most most recent interesting one is the the Power Automate desktop piece. Uh, And um, this will allow you to either record or um, set up a series of commands that will will run uh, run essentially an interactive session for you automatically. And do things uh, on the console that, that um, uh, and, then, and then retrieve information from whatever application you've set up. So, uh, the very simple canonical application, canonical version is um, launch Notepad, um, put some, uh, uh, put some uh, text in the, um, uh, into Notepad, save it, uh, and then uh, close it. Maybe capture the text that, that's been in there and then save and close it. You, know, you can be much more much more um, advanced than that with all sorts of other tools. You know, lots and lots of green screen applications uh, uh, have been demonstrated for this. So for example, you might have a banking application that goes and talks to a mainframe backend. And the only way of doing that at the moment is through the through the green screen. So you start the application, um, log in with a automatically log in as part of the process, um, uh, navigate to the appropriate uh, screen, uh, look up information uh, from the screen, take that information and, and uh, uh, combine it with some other inputs that you might have to your, to your, um, to, to your flow, uh, navigate to a different screen, enter that information, uh, save it, uh, confirm that it's been saved and then come out and, and um, maybe update one of your own uh, backend databases as part of the, as part of the final process. Um, things that, would, that this, this gives you two advantages. Um, firstly, it means that someone doesn't have to sit there and do it themselves which is great just from a point of view of, of finding you know, uh, uh, you know, the data entry operation is, is one of the most mind numbing and, and uh, uh, um, the, the things that I've ever done. I, I did a fair bit of it back in my, uh, back in my youth for the uh, cancer registry of New South Wales. Um, but um, it also means that you can repeat You can do things repeatably. And this is the key piece about automation for me is not so much that it takes away the, dr- the drudgery, but that it definitely um, means that you have a, a way of knowing deterministically what has happened. And that's uh, that's a key part of the automation piece for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Brendan, so many great kind of hints and tips in there. And let's go back to kind of Scott's an, analogy of kind of using these different Lego blocks, because I often describe that to, to customers as well. So. The great thing about the Power Automate platform is that regardless whether you have an API or a connector into an existing system, or perhaps as you said, maybe it's a green screen or an older system, the great thing is that you can tack pretty easily between the API automation or the UI automation and teaching these little bots to do the clicks that you and I as humans would do on the screen. And and having been, been on a similar journey to you as a student, I did lots of data capture, Right, I could only imagine how amazing these types of tools would be back then. So obviously just uh, eliminate all the drudgery and free up our time as humans to perform that high value work. Made it very interesting. You mentioned Power Automate Desktop um, as you as you went through there. So as I understand, um, Microsoft recently acquired a soft and there was a, a specific product they had called Win Automation. So, so is it, am I correct in saying that that tool has evolved into Power Automate Desktop now?
1: Yeah, that's my understanding. Um, I, and I have to say, this is not completely in my wheelhouse in terms of my expertise. I, I've, I've only played with it a little bit, but I, the bits I've seen have been fantastic. And, and, uh, and, and just that um, there are some great demonstrations of the power of this tool. Um, so for people who haven't seen it, basically, it's a, it's a tool that allows you to either record a series of steps um, that that you've taken in the UI, basically uh, a bit like a macro recording in a uh, in Excel or Word, um, uh, and uh, it records all of those things um, in, into a, a, a essentially a, a, a flow. Um, and then allows you to play those back. But it, importantly, it allows you to take the things that are hard coded out of the recording and replace them with variables. And those variables could be inputs or they could be things that you've discovered during the flow uh, uh, outputs of other parts of the, the same flow. Um, it also allows you to, com- to completely, without um, uh, uh, recording, create these flows. And so um, there's a whole bunch of uh, quite advanced programming concepts that can go in there around things like looping, Uh, conditions, uh, error trapping, and and those sorts of things that really make this a very robust way of building these UI flows.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And I've actually had a tinker myself and managed to do some pretty advanced stuff in there. So definitely encourage people to take a look and see what you can do inside Power Automate Desktop. All right, moving on a little bit here at RapidMation, we often infuse these different processes or automations that we create for customers with various forms of artificial intelligence. And that can obviously range from things like intelligent OCR or optical character recognition capabilities. And that's providing these automations, the abilities to read data from structured, semi-structured or unstructured documents. And that spans all the way through to being able to pick up things like sentiment in text entered into a chatbot and then be able to perform certain actions based off of if the person that's speaking with the chatbot is maybe uh, a little bit happy, a little bit sad, we could do different things with that, um, I guess, conversation. So, talk to us a little bit about how the Power Platform allows you to incorporate different
1: pieces of artificial intelligence into your automations. That's yeah, very cool. Uh, this is one of my favorite topics because it's um, it really is starting to realize that that promise we've had of intelligent computing, um, and the uh, and the thing that's brought it about is the the idea that we have this huge uh, um, uh, set of compute power in the cloud that we can use to learn and infer things. And so uh, we have a, a, a part of the power platform called the AI Builder, which allows you to, um, for example, give, a, um, give a, uh, a, a model five examples of a form that you might have images of, and it will analyze those those images and find the things that are common and try and infer where certain pieces of data come from. So if it finds a field, finds something that looks like a field called, um, called name, it will infer that the text following that is the name that's been filled in. And it will uh, uh, it'll, it'll, uh, try from the, uh, from the various uh, examples it's got to infer that, that this is the bit that's constant. So it's likely to be a title, and this is the bit that changes, so it's likely to be the actual value. Um, and it will uh, suggest that that is where the name field is. And this is the, the, the text that's in it. Um, you can, w- once you train the model to find all these, uh, all these uh, uh, pieces of information on a field, on a, on a form, you can feed it any number of other images of that form and it will be able to extract the information. Uh, I was going to say very reliably, but and that's probably not an unreasonable thing to say. It, it it is very reliable, but it also gives you a, a good indication of how confident it is that each each form that it's extracted is, or each piece of information that it extracted is, uh, is accurate. And you can take uh, you can take action based on that. So now, um, you can do things like have a um, a, a a power uh, a power app that you give to your staff, and um, they can take a picture of uh, a form that the, a customer is filled in, and it will pre-fill uh, the application online. With most of the most of the information filled in absolutely correctly, and it can highlight the things that it doesn't it's not sure about or that it's missed, um, and that saves you lots and lots and lots of time. So that's the AI builder piece for the uh, for uh, um, for image the OCR stuff and the imagery the form recognition piece, uh, and this builds on a, um, uh, a, a, a um, this builds on a piece of the the Azure Cognitive Services um, uh, platform uh, called. Form recognize which is which is really neat, and build that in turn builds on the OCR bits. In that, uh, we do some really interesting things around uh, sentiment analysis. Again, another um, another Azure cognitive service that allow you to uh, take a piece of text and analyze its sentiment and and work out, as you say, whether the text is um, positive or negative, whether someone's feeling uh, sounding angry or happy. Uh, and again, that's just another uh, Lego block that you can that you can use. To uh, push uh, to, to 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 route your your bot or your flow in a particular direction based on that uh, that information, and you can do it uh, literally during a, a session, or or even afterwards. So you can do um, post session analysis uh, and reporting on on that that information if you want to do that as well. So I think that's a really interesting piece, and I think it sp- speaks more broadly to the proliferation of the uh, of our AI, not just our AI, but the, but in general the 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 uh, industries. AI push for doing all sorts of interesting uh, and, um, uh, uh, and and useful uh, useful pieces. I think the more intelligent our our um, artificial agents get, the more useful they're going to be, uh, and um, the less uh, the less frustrating. Because I'm sure we've all been frustrated uh, uh, talk, calling Siri or, or Google interesting names in the car while we tried to get them to call somebody and they've read us the news or something like that. But the 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 work that 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 people are doing on refining these models is not just being used in sort of the esoteric computer science space, but it's making its way down into everyday life, and we can take advantage of that through the uh, through the neat stuff we've got in uh, that, those services in Azure, and also which get exposed in things like AI Builder.
0: Yeah, amazing, right? It just amazes me how easy it is to configure and use some of these different Lego blocks with all this amazing artificial intelligence and consume and use those in these types of automations. So so definitely a great kind of ability and capability we have inside the platform there. So, you now that you've been working with many customers across Australia and you've been evangelizing a bit about the Microsoft Power Platform, are there any great customer stories that you can share with the listeners on how people may be using the Power Platform to solve real-world business challenges?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a couple of a couple of things here that are worth talking about. One is that um, Power Platform comes uh, on top of a number of uh, a number of uh, Microsoft techs already. So um, uh, if you're a Dynamics 365 customer, for example, uh, the the Power Platform is designed specifically to, to fit in with the the uh, the um, used to be called Common Data Service, but as of this morning, it's called the DataVerse uh, data architecture that Dynamics 365 uses, um, and um, the uh, that that that's really clever. And so a bunch of um, a bunch of power apps are built on top of things like the field service uh, module out of Dynamics 365. And people are using those out of the box and also, um, can, uh, also uh, uh, customizing them quite heavily to, uh, to make, them, make them work well. Uh, we're building some in- interesting tools internally uh, on top of that as well. So there's, um, there's, some, there's some fascinating work that uh, some of our internal teams have been doing to uh, enable the, the non-developers at Microsoft, uh, particularly sales and executive sort of teams to build their own tools that they, they need to use, and part of that is how do you um, how do you uh, overcome this potential problem of uh, non-traditional developers building apps that become really really um, uh, important? And uh, we used to have this problem with access databases uh, sitting under people's desks on 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 desk on uh, on tower machines that you know ran entire companies. Uh, and and we're you know basically picking up dust puppy dust puppies and, and getting the the cord knocked out by the cleaners, um, and this this was one of the you know the the key things that the you know, idea of client server computing was supposed to fix and, and those sorts of things. But we still have this problem where people need to solve a business problem and they do, but when they do, what things are we exposing? And so one of the things you might be exposing is um, is uh, is security holes. So things like Power Platform have got a very powerful um, uh, set of security models that you can put around the various connectors and you can actually um, cordon off um, uh, pieces of the power platform and the pieces of the connectors so that uh, that by default users only have access to particular things and, and you, um, you implement what's called a data loss prevention policy that means that, for example, you can't write a power app that, um, that, that scrapes the CEO's um, uh, email and posts it uh, for everyone to see. Uh, by default, yeah. <laughs> as a general rule, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> but those sorts of things are, are pretty important. And I think the um, uh, the, the 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 piece that that uh, that really interests me is this concept of what happens when something becomes uh, mission critical and goes from being something that you need the the, the, the business is sort of looking you know a, a particular small part of the, the business is looking after to be transferred across to be run by IT and maintained and 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 looked after like a, a an engineering project. Um, what do you do about that? And so, um, a, a, um, a part of our, um, uh, our customer advocacy team, uh, the, the Powercat team, um, have are building a, a really interesting set of uh, DevOps uh, DevOps processes for Power Platform. And so, um, this idea that there's a transition between, or or, 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 a, or a, a step between the the makers and the builders. Is a, is a really key one, and I think um, it's a problem we've been trying to solve as an industry for a while now. Uh, and I'm not saying we've we've nailed it yet, but I think that there's a, they've, they've made some really good strides down this path. And the um, the Power Platform team, for example, have have got um, some Azure DevOps build build and deploy tasks available that you can use, for example, to um, to do some of this some of these processes. So I think that's that's one piece. And you asked me specifically about um, uh, about customers that are using that are using the um, the Power Platform. Um, the, the one that springs to mind here in Australia is one of the large banks uh, who, have, um, who have basically empowered all of their all of their um, uh, uh, employees uh, to build whatever they need to build um, and the proliferation of um, of useful small apps that people and 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 and, uh, and automation processes that people have developed has been remarkable to see um, uh, the idea that um, that uh, a mobile lender has built their own um, uh, uh, a little app that that takes information out of their calendar in their um their uh, their, you know, their, their Outlook calendar, um, discovered automatically whether this is an appointment with a with a customer, um, a, and allows them to scan that, um, that the customer's um, uh, application form, go back and call into various services and get um, things like. Uh, um, uh, the home loan approval um, uh, authorized or at least provisionally authorized immediately. That is a is a fascinating thing that the IT department wouldn't necessarily have built, but that has now spread up, has now sprung up in that organisation and is being used by a number of their a number of their uh, their people. That is just that shows the power of of uh, of giving the um giving the keys to the king. Well, not keys to the king. That's the wrong way of putting. Giving giving the power of giving giving access to the people who know what the the business problem is, uh, as opposed to requiring that they go and speak to these wizards uh, in some arcane language. (laughs) Yeah, so true, right? And
2: and it always amazes me, I mean, we often do what we call kind of build an app build a bot sessions with different customers where we take the makers or citizen developers and we actually take them through a bit of a journey to, to build out their own applications or automations. And it continually amazes me about what they managed to create, because as you said, they are the subject matter experts. They are on the ground. They're performing those tasks every day. Um, and if you can give them tools like the Microsoft Power Platform, they can actually go and solve many of these business problems themselves, which is always a great place to be. All right, let's change tack slightly. So as, as with any technology, there's obviously strengths and weaknesses or even pros and cons of using a certain technology set. And I guess the great position that we're in today is that we have many different tools and technologies that we have available to us so that we can solve a variety of these different business challenges. So often I get asked from customers around when they should be using the Microsoft Power Platform compared to when they should look to other technologies to automate processes across their companies. So I'm keen to hear your thoughts on this and where you feel the Microsoft Power Platform is a home run for companies to use or perhaps where um, there might be some common solutions, patterns, scenarios where you think it's a great fit.
1: Yeah, look, I think it's a really interesting question and 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 you can't, I don't think, answer that question definitively without knowing the situation of the particular organization that wants to do whatever they're doing so what expertise do they currently have what tools do they currently have what are their current data uh, what are their current uh, data requirements and, and their, their, the, uh, the platforms they're using I think all those things come into it and uh, I would hate to th- hate to think that anyone was uh, the, anyone took away from this podcast that I think that the power platform is a one-size-fits-all solution there are a number of different solutions out there for all sorts of things even for the automate piece. Uh, sometimes it might be more sensible to use um, uh, the, the even another Microsoft technology like um, like uh, Logic Apps or, or or some of the other technologies in Azure. But there are certainly others uh, outside Microsoft as well that might be a better fit. And I think that the important thing for um, uh, for anyone considering these pieces is to to get some advice on not just what technologies exist, but how do that how do those technologies fit in with both the, the current technology of the organization, but also the culture of the organization. I think those two things are a pretty interesting combination. Um, I, um, the, the neat thing about most of these tools is that they are designed to work together and they expose APIs and other endpoints that allow users to push, to put them together. And, and obviously the power platform stuff is something that, that, that's, that's a very fundamental part of, of the power platform. But I think there are a number of others out there as well where that, that's still the case. And the the idea that we can build things by putting them together rather than deciding on one particular, uh, looking looking at one particular platform and one particular technology, saying that's the only thing we're going to use, is key to what we do. Because inevitably things will change. Inevitably, well, through acquisitions or through or, or through advances in technology, we're going to need to integrate. Um, and I think that that um, as long as the tech or platform you're using has got the uh, has got that integration as part of its core, uh, um, um, as part of its core, that will that you, you'll be going down the right track. And a great example of this is the sort of things that that we're now able to do with putting Power Apps into Teams. Um, uh, and some uh, the uh, the the Teams team and the Power Apps team have been working really closely together to, to make it easy to to embed Power Apps in Teams and and some of the um, also some of the Power Automate stuff in Teams. Uh, and it means that. Uh, while uh, it, it just exposes it to exposes the capability to a, a much broader range of users uh, in the uh, in the organisation, because there are people who already use Teams who don't necessarily know about Power Automate, but now can use it. It's just another one of those apps that surfaced in Teams, and there are a number of other third party applications that works for as well. Yeah, brilliant, right? And I just actually I saw that pop up in uh, in my Teams notifications
0: the other day, and I just loaded up the Flow Connector. Like, there's some amazing stuff and amazing scenarios you'll be able to weave together. We as a company, I mean, we use Teams for everything, right? So we have Teams for different customers and prospects that we're working with. So it's just awesome to be able to seamlessly integrate around those various Teams channels straight from uh, the Teams environment.
1: Yeah, and even if you even even some of the little things like the fact that if you load a power app in Teams, it gets passed a bunch of parameters saying A, that it's in Teams, B, what the theme of Teams, what the, you know which theme Teams is using at the moment, C, what channel it's in and, and team it's in, a bunch of information about the user and those sorts of things just automatically get passed in. So this, this integration point, this, this idea that, that these things are designed to talk to each other and to other things is so key.
0: Yeah, definitely, right. But so the one thing, I mean, the cadence at which Microsoft is evolving the Microsoft Power Platform is absolutely phenomenal, right? And I get excited every time I read the latest release notes and what the new features and functionalities are that are available inside the Power Platform. So talk us through some of the latest features and functionalities that have either just been released or maybe that are about to be released or things that customers that you are speaking to are getting really excited about.
1: Yeah, I'm going to start with my professional developer hat on and I'm, I'm really excited about the idea that um, the Power Platform team have released a bunch of stuff that makes it easy to integrate Power Platform into your Azure DevOps pipeline or your, or your GitHub pipelines. Um, that's, uh, that's really, really important to me. Uh, and then, um, that, so that's from a, from a professional developer point of view, I think that, that's key. Uh, and then the, uh, the, the stuff that we've got around um, that uh, uh, the Power, uh, the Power Automate Desktop, I think is, again, just uh, world class, uh, and I think that was a very smart acquisition that, that's going to make a, a big difference to the way people do work in um, in, in automation. And then uh, the other pieces I said is is this Teams integration and the idea that um, that you can now build team build build apps inside a team for a team uh, with a dedicated um, uh, data source uh, with data called DataVerse for Teams, uh, which um, which gets, I was going to say gets around, but it solves some of the issues we've had with licensing around power, uh, the, the, the Power uh, Platform uh, is, I, again, I, I, uh, I think something that's making uh, this available to a vast number of people. And those people are smart, dedicated people who just want to use tools to, to make their lives easier. And this is exactly what this does.
2: Oh, yeah, amazing, right? All right, awesome, Coates. I think that's been really good, right? So if any of the listeners wanted to get started with the Microsoft Power Platform, what's the best way for them to get started?
1: Um, if you're interested in starting to build things, there's a great um, there's a great set of uh, tools called App in a Day. Um, so a great set of, of, of um, not tools, but a, a great set of, uh, of instructional stuff called App in a Day, um, aka.ms slash App in a Day. And I'm sure we'll be able to put that in the show notes. Um, uh, is, is a great place to start playing with it if you want to get your hands on things. Uh, if you're, um, if you want a demo environment, you can set one of those up pretty easily as well. Uh, just do a search for, um, uh, for office developer demo environment. And that should, uh, uh, should get you there. In fact, I think dev.office.com is what used to be. I'm probably still is. Um, uh, and uh, that will, that will give you all the things you need to, uh, to get a, a demo environment set up that you can play with. And if you've got the, if you've got the pieces already at, um, uh installed in your at your organization i'd strongly recommend you just give it a try set half a day aside have a look at some of the videos there's some great videos on the on the power uh, power platform uh landing site and um and have a think about what you might want to try and achieve and then just you'd be surprised how quickly you can go ahead and and achieve it i think i I really agree with what you said before sean about um how astounding it is that those business people uh, from a from a developer's point of view how astounding it is those business people managed to create vastly capable applications in a very small amount of time, but given these tools. Yeah, it truly is amazing. All right. All right, Cody, I think that's been awesome, right? Thank you so much for your time.
0: I know you're really busy and your invaluable insights, but uh, just before we say goodbye for today, are there any parting thoughts or comments that you'd like to leave the listeners with?
1: Yeah, look, I think, I really like the, this idea of automation and I don't think, and, and the integration with things like the artificial intelligence and, and, uh, and the ability to, uh, to build on the, on the, uh, on the platforms of, of others, stand on the shoulders of giants, for want of a better term, through things like these uh, connectors and if we, as we, as we refer to them, Lego blocks. So it's, it's really not a matter of. Um, of uh, whether you should uh, give this capability to your team or whether you should adopt it yourself. It's better when are you going to do it and how, how long are you going to put it off because it's uh, it's only costing you time if you don't do it now.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it right?
0: We often say to customers, it's no longer about if you can automate, but rather when you will automate and when can be today. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I often say to customers every every day or minute that you're not automating you're actually falling behind, right? Because there's other companies that are digitally born, they've been built on this type of technology that allows them to do things quicker, better and faster. And really soon it's no longer going to be a competitive advantage, it's really just going to be permission to play and to get a seat at the table.
1: And not many so, people don't have email anymore.
0: Yeah, that's it mate, that's exactly it. All right, Cozy. thank you once again for your time and your great insights, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.
1: Cheers, Sean. All the best. Be part of the community and join the Automation Alliance at
0: www.automationalliance.com.